Are you looking for a trusted property insurance partner to help your business grow and stay resilient? FM Global uses science, data, and research to help you make informed decisions. By working together, FM Global can help you grow your company with confidence and deliver the protection and expertise you need to thrive. We're also here to help you navigate the complex world of ESG. We'll work with you to identify and mitigate risks related to natural disasters and offer solutions that contribute to a more sustainable future. Let's prepare to prosper. Recorded live. And you are listening to Galaxy Talk Radio. This is Soul Vibrations. For every every uh, Thursday at 7.30 Pacific Standard Time, uh, we're on the line. Of course, we had some technical difficulties for which we want to apologize for uh, this time around. Uh, I know some of you have been, have been trying to get in and certainly appreciate your diligence and in, in, in staying with us. Uh, I'm going to have you kind of had to do an end around to get in. So, so uh, there's an engineer that's, that's uh, taking care of everything now where I'm, where I'm usually engineering, you know, my own, my own, uh, you know, my own show here. So um, I don't have the visuals that I would normally have, but we can get past that stuff and I'll start off first by uh, going down the line and finding out uh, who, what guests that we have on the show with us now. And um, uh, I, I suppose you can go in whatever order suits you, whoever wants to come in, just come in and say who you are, and then, we'll, and then the next person will come in and say who they are. So anybody want to go first, go right ahead. Paul Washington, California. Okay, Mr. Washington, thanks Thanks for calling in. We appreciate you. Um, uh, who's next up? Joel Hall from California. Okay, Joe. Uh, Joe or Joel? Joel. Is it Joe or Joel? Okay. Thank you. Thank you, too, for calling in, Joel. We really appreciate it. Uh, who's next up? Uh, I believe that's it, Corey. I'll let you know when somebody else comes up. Okay, okay. Well, um, again, we've been talking about some things over the last few shows. You know, we've been dealing with, of course, uh, uh, quite a a bit of politics, uh, you know, what's going on with our administration. And, and of course, uh, February is Black History Month. And uh, what I'd like to to talk about is – topics today is, first of all, we'll start off by talking about exactly what Black History Month means, and we want to know uh, where are we now in terms of our culture, jobs, health, education, and independence. And then another question is going to be, how do we mobilize our communities across urban America? And then another one of the things I want to discuss is what's happening in the Bay Area to lead the way. The Bay Area has always been uh, a front runner in terms of uh, social justice, civil rights, uh, the civil rights movement, and um, of course down down the road in Silicon Valley, you know we have uh, um, you know the the, the dot com companies, uh, Google, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of these companies in Silicon Valley have 
been something that's always made California one of the one of the leaders in terms of social media and things of that level. So we're going to talk about a a, a number of things, and uh, one of the first things that I guess I can go down the line here and ask uh, some of some of our people here are what uh, does Black History Month mean, uh, Brother Paul? What does what does Black History Month mean to you? And tell us a little bit about yourself too. Oh, well. Still there, Brother Paul? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, tell us, tell, tell us just, uh, you know, just off, just off the cuff, as, as, as easy as it comes to you, uh, what, what Black History Month uh, has meant to you over the years. And, when, and, and uh, anything, well, just the, anything that you want to put on it would be just fine. Okay. Well, over the years, to me, it's been basically just a, uh, another expression of just getting information of history. Mm-hmm. But over the time, it's, 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 I've always felt that it was a month of supposed of celebration, but not enough celebration for black history. You know, it's labeled Black History Month, but it's not really, I would say, promoted in marketing as big as it needs to be across the broad board of really celebrating black history. Okay, so that's that's an interesting way of looking at it, and I certainly certainly understand that. Um, the, uh, we know February is the shortest month out of the year, and the fact that we have to uh, still have to put things in terms of, uh, of you know of, of color, um, and, um, specifically black and white, when it comes to acknowledging. Uh, what the what the African culture has meant to the development of the United States of America is something that we're still coming to terms with, and it's and it's evident in how uh, you know social justice and 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 political justice policies and criminal justice policies still affect the urban community. And uh, also, Brother Joel, uh, tell us from your perspective what uh, Black History Month uh, represents to you. Um, to be quite frank, it, it's it's been a month, um, at least in, in my my life, that has just came and gone. Um, it's not something that mm-hmm. I've proactively celebrated or even acknowledged mm-hmm. from that perspective. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's just me, me being one hundred percent honest. Hence the reason why I'm mm-hmm. calling today, um, because obviously it would would like that to change. There's there's certainly mm-hmm. a uh, huge, a uh, very large division amongst our, our, our people um, uh, within our culture. And uh, in a lot of ways, we don't even know what our culture is. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. our culture mm-hmm. is, is defined by, you know, popular media. So um, I know that's the long story of, of a very simple, short question. But up until now, I really mm-hmm. haven't really um, – celebrated or recognized it. Um, my daughter, a quick story, my daughter came to me, you know, in January. Well, right before January, she was, Dad, you know, I'd like to start celebrating or recognizing Kwanzaa, <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's okay. epic coming from a millennial because um, I, I think uh-huh. that points to where our, our kids or our children are today. They're looking for their own culture. They're looking for something to stand behind um, and identify themselves with. So that's that's where. That's why I'm on the call today. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, we, we, if, if you'd like to, uh, because we we like to uh, develop a relationship with the people that come in. It's a, it's really an open uh, uh, forum that we have here. We we um, we uh, 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 really welcome people who don't even who don't agree. It's okay to disagree with things. We like to get different perspectives and share ideas. And of course, we don't we don't. Uh, uh, do like the examples we've seen. If you look at uh, the difference between MSNBC and Fox and all the other mainstream television stations that, that uh, you know, uh, when they interview guests from each other's uh, uh, form or perspective or whatever, you know, they're short, they cut each other off, you know, they, they don't listen to each other. But we like to give everybody a chance to really, um, you know, it's all about bringing it as much accuracy as you can, and, and sometimes that's just in what we know, what we've learned, what's been passed on us, and, and, and we can always help change each other's perspectives sometimes just by sharing information, but we have to be willing to listen and engage with each other without, uh, you know, uh, snipping at each other and things of that nature. So um, Joe, what part of California are you calling from, Joe? I am technically in Marietta, California. That's in the Inland Empire, Riverside County. So that's okay. uh, north oh, okay. of San okay. Diego, sort of south, okay. southeast of L.A. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And what 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 the uh, profession are you in or are you a student or anything? Tell us a little bit about yourself if you care to share I have information. A, I have a background sales and marketing. Um, so um, that's oh, okay. a large, okay. large part of my career has been spent in, in that in that sector. Okay, okay. Well, um, I, I suppose you'll always have a job because sales and marketing is one of one of the more flexible uh, lines of work. Is that you know everything in business uh, usually uh, is rooted in, in sales and marketing. So. Um, it's good to know that you're uh, uh, a contributor, you know, and 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 somebody who's who's um, you know able to uh, you know be good at be good at whatever um, you're selling selling or marketing. So, um, and and again, I like to uh, pardon myself to everybody out there because I don't necessarily have control of my, my engineering that I would normally have now. And, you know, I've been kind of struggling to get in and catch up to you all. So um, we have some more people that are coming right, yeah, on. Yeah, you have a call from Northwest California. Oh, okay. And so uh, go ahead, brother, and state your name, too, or sister, whoever you are. Is there somebody else on the line? Does it just like to introduce themselves? Well, this is Dr. Quay Coop, brother. I've been trying to reach you guys for the three times. Yeah, and we certainly appreciate you sticking with us, doctor. We know that we've had some technical difficulties, and and uh, but we're all here, and we want to get to what what the root of this show is going to be about. Uh, is there anybody else on the line? Uh, no, not yet. Hey, Corey, how you doing? Okay. This is Antoine. Antoine Mosley. Oh, okay. Hello?
I think I lost you. Corey, are you there? I think we lost Corey. Dr. Kwaku. Yes, may I help you? <laughs> okay. I think we lost Corey again. Uh, hold on, let's get him back. Okay, hang up, Corey. Hang up. <clears throat> Yeah, he's having some real serious technical difficulties where he is. So we're getting him back on now. Feel like like Jack and the popping in and out, but <laughs> okay, Doctor who has been patiently waiting uh, for you okay. to talk. Okay, well, well, Doc, uh, if you have something that you'd like to say, uh, I'll just give you a little brief here. What we were talking well, about, which is being Black History Month was what does Black History Month mean to us? Where where are we going now in terms of our culture, jobs, health, and education? Were you asking me a question? Uh, you make a statement. Yeah, yeah you wanted to get yeah. your take yeah. on yeah. Black History Month, uh, Doc. Yeah, what does Black History <laughs> Month mean to you? And, and, and where do you think we're going? I, You know, it's not something that I give a lot of thought to, like your previous caller that was on. I I don't like to think of myself or my people or us as African people all over the world and think in terms of having a Black History Month because there's mm-hmm. so many okay. things that go along, go along with that. You know, one of the things that we found out back in the day in Oakland, that on Black History Month, to show you how these politicians and crooks and thieves and lies manipulate whatever is going on, they would have certain books that they would put in the library for Black History Month, and then when the month was over, they'd take them out. It's like one of the, one of the ways that they try to limit access to information. And I think mm-hmm. that we as black people can't be, should not allow ourselves to be relegated to somebody talking about a Black History Month because what we have to do as a people, if we're going to overcome this madness, is that it's going to have to be Black History Month every day of the year, 365 days. Because we have to have a, mm-hmm. a total change uh, of, of, of our mental capacity. You know, as long as we think like the, the popular culture, as long as we think like the with all the European, the Catholic Church and the Jews and everybody else, as long as we think what they've been cramming down the throats of people for the last 2,000 years, you know, slavery was in this country for, for some black people is a modern-day trait. This stuff has been going on for a long time. It's been going on ever since the, they first set foot into Africa. You know, and they have always tried to portray us as being stupid, dumb, uh, didn't create anything. But how come, somebody answered this question for me. How come our people are all over the planet, in Russia, in China, everywhere there is people, our people would most of the time were there first. So we, but they had still, they projected we didn't know how to build ships until we came in contact with the Europeans. Come on. I, mm-hmm. It's hard for me to, mm-hmm. to to be energized when somebody say Black History Month. 
Now, I will go out and participate mm-hmm. in events, but it's only to try mm-hmm. to be a presence or a force in that environment to allow people to know that although you guys out here celebrating Black History Month, this is something that we need to be focused on year-round. So that's, you know, that's that's my take on Black History Month. It's just like celebrating all these pagan holidays. Uh, they have no mm-hmm. meaning. Mm-hmm. It's we become culturized. And I think Anthony Browder stated it in the uh, Nile Valley Civilization that he who controls the culture controls the people. And and religion was one of the first things they started to utilize to control people. There was no such thing as Christianity and all those things are modern-day religions. And, and they came into play because all the other generations of people before had tried to do exactly what the U.S. is doing, exactly what Russia is doing, exactly what China is doing, trying to dominate the whole world. And they figured out that they ran into so many problems that they would, these, that's why you have these different regimes would come into power and then they would disappear. They would get blown away or some war would break out and they would just totally destroy them. But see here, you know, uh, we have allowed ourselves to be, be the pawns on this chessboard, you know, where they control everything we do. They control what we eat, where we sleep, what we think, what we read. They mm-hmm. they educate our mm-hmm. children, even even when we went through the 50s and 60s when they were integrating the so-called schools. That was as, mm-hmm. as much for them. It was more for them than it was for us because I think one mm-hmm. of the things that they were afraid of that as long as we stayed separate, and although you had a lot of black people fighting for it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we had 200, over 200 black universities. Now how many do mm-hmm. we have? You know, so it's always been mm-hmm. a battle for them to be able to control everything that, 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 that you know, promotes edification for us. So for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes, mm-hmm. all these people in America, whether they're Native American, Mexican, or whatever they are, they're Europeans in concept because they think European. They think about the so-called American dream. They they really, really get out and try to promote this place they call the great America. The America is the most oppressive regime there is, and simply because they don't have to necessarily do it with weapons. They do it with, with control mm-hmm. of the information and allowing you, you don't have the ability to move and do the things that you want to do. They control everything that we do. I think I recommended a couple of books to you guys before, uh, The Wandering Jew and the International Jew. One was written by Henry Ford. Mm-hmm. It was written mm-hmm. back in the 1920s, and he talked about how this country was going to be built and how people were going to mm-hmm. be given the illusion of being successful because they're going to work hard and they're going to, get these little incremental raises and they're going to think that they're rising up to, you know, to be successful and become middle class. But the masses of the people are still suffering in this country. And they predicted that. And that is what they designed the system to do. If I control Mm -hmm. everything, where did all the black businesses Mm -hmm. go? Where did they all go? They can't compete. They can't compete. It's not just a matter they lazy or they don't know how to start business. They can't get the capital from the white banks, first of all. 
And then when they get to capital, they don't last very long. They said the average business fails within the first three to five years. And it's because they can't compete with a system that has a monopoly on everything. It's like AT&T and Comcast and DirecTV. you got three or four Mongols that control all of these systems that people like to be connected to every day. And I don't want to go on. I want to give somebody else a chance. But, see, these are the things well, that we, we, we shouldn't be worried well, about. Let, let, uh, well, let, let me let let me um, say this um, just just so we can understand what you're saying too, Quaco. Make sure that we that we get a good understanding. Um, now, um, you the, the phrase that you mentioned was "He who controls the people controls their culture." Is that that no, the phrase? No, he, he, he who controls, controls the culture. The culture. culture yeah, in other words, they control the, the music that you hear. They control yeah. everything yeah. that you hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all okay. of the systems that in place, uh, Facebook, everything that they control all these media uh, conglomerates. And so you are okay, only so going to be able to see and hear and be exposed to things that they allow you to be exposed to. And we, we so, tend so, to look so at it. What, yeah, go ahead. So, 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 it's, so then it, it falls into play with the next thing that I'm going to say then, because um, when, we, when we, we don't like, I mean, you know, we can talk about the White House and the fact that all of these things have always existed for us, and I, and, and I understand that. But uh, in relative to that to that phrase, um, controlling the people and the culture is all about controlling the printed paper as well. That's right. Right. That's the two percent, and, and and the plan that that the uh, that this administration of GOP has right now is to take us back as far as they can. To the time when uh, that was that was even that much more prevalent than what it is now. Like, there's a lot of us playing pro basketball and baseball and football that think that we're free just because we're doing that in terms of money. But there's even a uh, there's even a, a plantation plan within the ranks of professional sports and music and all of these things that mm-hmm. still keep us in a position where if if you protest, a la Colin Kaepernick and some of others, if you if you protest too much, then you have to be willing to sacrifice the wealth that you're coming into when you're able to operate in any one of those realms. And so, my next question: anybody who wants to answer this at any time, it's okay because when you know the, the, the board is kind of kind of uh, it, we're not able to monitor quite as much as we'd like to, but but. If there's anybody that would like to say, "Hey, I want to, I want to speak in on this," go ahead. We'll make, we'll make room for you. But my, my next question then is, with the knowledge of all this, because it's an educational issue too. Until we educate ourselves about the very things that Dr. Quake who just said, without being afraid of being labeled militant or anything, all we're doing is telling truth. We're speaking truth to power and telling facts. So, how? I'd like to go down the line and ask everybody from their perspective, how do we mobilize our communities across urban America? Everything that's happening here in Oakland is happening in Miami, in Detroit, in Philadelphia, in Chicago, in Tacoma, Washington, in Houston, Texas, in Louisiana, in South Africa, all across the globe. So if there's anybody that would like to just give an idea from your perspective, 
um, how do you personally think our best our best course of action to mobilize our communities across urban America? Then I'm going to share some things as an example when my turn comes as to what uh, my personal thing is and what and, and the people that I'm involved with and what we're doing because you have to build a wall brick by brick and that's the concept that I personally believe in. We can't just spread a blanket across urban America and, and, and everything happens at once. Everybody has to do something demographically in their own area. So um, anybody want to start off answering that question? And, and, of course, Andre, if there's anybody new on the board that's been listening, you can introduce them in and uh, we'll go from there. Nobody knows. I, all, all, all this is, uh, this uh, is uh, Joel. Okay. Okay. And Swan. I think there's a I think there is a lot of time and energy um placed on the obvious. And the obvious being the system is designed to hold us back. Yes, we know that. Um uh, we know we mm-hmm. we know the conspiracy. We understand that racism is a system and can technically cannot be a person. It's a system that was designed hundreds of years ago. We know that. I think a lot of time and energy is being placed on that topic and when we put a, put all of our focus and our energy into that discussion, I think we lose sight of the bigger picture. Um I think what needs mm-hmm. to happen is is we need to mm-hmm. start reaching out and providing the resources. And I think we need to start a mm-hmm. whispering campaign within our communities. The first thing we do as mm-hmm. our as people when we when we're when we figure something out and we're on to something, we wanna we wanna beat our chest and we wanna share it with the world and you know, we wanna point fingers and oh look at us, look at us and guess what happens? We're mm-hmm. fascinated and we're uh, we're ran through the media. Our mm-hmm. our, our legacy is destroyed, mm-hmm. and and so so what mm-hmm. we've done in the past is not working. So we, we need mm-hmm. we need to attack it from a different angle. I think that angle would be to initiate a whispering campaign. No one needs to know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know why, why do we have mm-hmm. to go out and, and, mm-hmm. and tell everybody what we're doing? The only people that really need to know mm-hmm. what we're doing are the people that are doing it with us. You know, we need to reach out to these mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. We need to reach out to these, you know, these other brothers and sisters in our neighborhood that are financially stable, mm-hmm. who are in business, who are in mm-hmm. the community, who are in the local uh, government, you know, all of those infractions. We need to reach out to them and say, listen, this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. Because I'll tell you, if we mm-hmm. show up to these people's doorstep and we're like, oh, this is what we're doing and we're going to liberate our people and we're going to do this, they're going to slam the door in their face because a lot of these brothers and sisters, and I'm speaking from experience, don't want the drama. Mm-hmm. You know, we have mm-hmm. white counterparts. You know, our boss is Caucasian, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, in a lot of, and in a lot of times we, we look up to those people. Those, those, some of them are our mentors. We've learned a lot from them, so we don't want to burn those bridges. So mm-hmm. we really need to start mm-hmm. a whispering campaign um, because we, we all know everyone's we, – we all know it's a fear of a black planet. We know that. We, we know that. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. we, we, we can't be in their face with it. We, we can't. It, it mm-hmm. just doesn't work mm-hmm. that way. We have to, we, we have to mm-hmm. go underground. We, we have to create that mm-hmm. underground railroad and share that information and share our resources with one another. And when they turn on the light – they're like, holy shit, 
where did these brothers and sisters mm-hmm. come from? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And by that time, it's too late. Now it's not a race thing. Now it's a social mm-hmm. thing. Now it's a money thing. Now it's a uh, financial resource thing. You know, but on the way up, if mm-hmm. we're beating our chests, uh, they're going to shut that down real mm-hmm. quick. Hey, Corey, I, I, you know what? I echo those sentiments 1,000%. Brother Joel sounds just like me. And I've had these the same mm-hmm. conversation in private with you and Dr. Quay Koo. Because mm-hmm. I've said it, I've said it, I've said it, that the black movement per se is over with, is dead. And uh, mm-hmm. what we did in the 60s and the 70s and that sort of thing with, with the nation and with the Panthers and all these other black organizations, you know, we can't get out here and do all this marching out in the middle of the streets anymore and and with the dog. Yeah, the right to the right to bear arms and go into Sacramento isn't going to happen yeah, anymore. That, that yeah. type of movement is over because nobody else does it that way. Anybody, you don't hear about about the Jews or anybody else going out in the middle of the street protesting and talking about they want financial equality. And this is why we have to do this thing very strategically because it's, because it's about the economics right now. Yep. And mm-hmm. once you mm-hmm. get into that economic game. You know, the, the racism goes away. They'll let you join the club if you're up there in the midst of, of all yep. of that. Exactly. I mean, look at mm-hmm. LeBron and Oprah mm-hmm. and all that. If they weren't mm-hmm. in, in the position that they were financially, uh, mm-hmm. do you think that they would have some type of voice or say so? Do you think Oprah would dare have the ability? The audacity to say, okay, I'm, I might be running for president and she was making $10 an hour at Mickey D's? No, man. We have to do this thing quietly but effectively mm-hmm. and getting mm-hmm. and we have to do this thing with economics and getting ownership mm-hmm. of land and the mm-hmm. business and the hiring our people and do we do it mm-hmm. for a business? And if we want to hire be mm-hmm. black, we can do all that. But we don't have to mm-hmm. go out Keep our chest and say, I got this black-owned business, and I want to do this black thing, this black thing. Oh, hell to the Triple H, no. You, you get out, mm-hmm. you get your economics together, you get your business address together, you get like-minded people together, and you, and you, and you document the damn thing and present it out there to the, to the real money field where the money is and let the money look at the integrity of what you're doing and not the color of your skin or the thought process is going in your mind. You can have other thoughts in your mind of what you want to do for black folks, but we got to do it mm-hmm. right now. We, and we can't do it the old church way of passing the basket mm-hmm. and everybody putting in a piece of their social security checks and all that kind of stuff, man. We, got well, we know that money doesn't go where it's supposed to go most of the time anyway. Right. It goes to that person that you're following they claim in Jesus. And we yeah. got to build our own nation inside of a nation, and we can still be a black-owned business, but we don't have to get out here and say it because now that gets intimidating. Oh, these Negroes yeah. up, mm-hmm. they get in this Absolutely. business, they might be trying to get some bullets and some grenades and all this sort of stuff and go come and mm-hmm. get, get back at us for slavery and all that. Hell no. We ain't thinking about no mess like that. We, we just want mm-hmm. to make a living for ourselves. We want the good things in life. What do we want? A decent home, a decent car too, some decent clothes and good food. Because we ain't eating all that other mm-hmm. crap. 
And, and so we want mm-hmm. a good place to live. We want to travel, want to do things, and we want to educate our children. We want to be a husband to uh, to our wives and stuff, man. So, you know, man, we just want to do it the right way. And yeah. so this is what Black History Month ought to be about. And then keep that month going into March, April, May, June, and July. Don't stop at the end of February. Keep the beat for going. And so do it yeah. quietly but effectively. So when Joel said that, he's just been reading straight out of my playbook, so I had to jump in for a second. So forgive me for just being rude and jumping in. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, thank you for just for confirming for what Joel is saying. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's it's right in front of us. And and I think Brother Antoine wanted to say something at one time too. Uh, you still there, Brother Antoine? Yes, yes, I'm still here. How's everyone doing? Um, I just wanted to say one okay. thing that Black History does mean to me is just the fact of a chance to you know educate yourself about some of the people that done great things and some of the people mm-hmm. that are still mm-hmm. doing great things now, and a mm-hmm. chance to you know be more conscious about supporting black businesses so that we can grow as mm-hmm. a community and mm-hmm. possibly as a, you know, make our own neighborhoods rather than mm-hmm. having a ghetto. Um, mm-hmm. As far as being a, a quiet movement and trying to get that to, to come to light, I, I, I can agree with that, but I also have to say that I, think that maybe once you do make it, you might have to, like you said, be more boisterous at that point in time so that, you know, you can be a role model for some of the other kids that's coming up because if we just stay quiet about what we're doing and, and you know, none of the younger generation is finding out about it, then they're not going to have the role models that they may need to look up to, to, you know, for strength when they might need to stand up against racial injustice. Um, but I do understand the fact that, you know, money does, you know, money does help out and, and you know, you use this in the people with money too. But at the same time, it's going to have to be a certain point in time. We are going to have to get out there and let people know what we're doing so that it may encourage the next individual to do so. I think um, very, very, very. I, I, there, there is an element to that. This is Joel. There is an element to, to, to that, but there is a way to speak without actually speaking. If, if that, if that makes sense, we don't necessarily have to say, "Hey, this is what I'm doing." We can show the kids what we're doing, and and then teach them the rules of economics. This is about economics. This is what it's about. The problem is, is we've been disenfranchised. You know, we don't know, we don't have all the information to play the game. You know, the rules are set. We need to be teaching the rules. So if we're going to be speaking, we need to show the youth the rules of the game. And to, to use as, to use an, to, to make an analogy, what if hypothetically we had a hundred financially successful black men and women decided to take an X amount of dollars and throw it into, let's say, Walmart stock, right? Let's say that money mm-hmm. that went into the Walmart stock allowed us voting rights. You know, it was a significant amount of money that allowed us to dictate 
the voting rights, at the shareholders' meetings. That's the type of things, those are, those are the moves that we need to be teaching our, our youth because they don't understand how important that is. When you own a certain amount mm-hmm. of stock in a company, they, have to, they actually have to consult you. <laughs> you know, so if we don't like mm-hmm. something Walmart's doing, using them as an example, let's invest in Walmart. Let's make some changes. Mm-hmm. If we don't like mm-hmm. the laws that are targeting our, 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 our young men and, and women in, in the inner cities, mm-hmm. we need to encourage mm-hmm. them to get into law enforcement. If, if we don't like what the president is saying and, and what he's doing to the middle class and the, the taxes, well, you know, we need to study tax law. We need to reach out to some of our lawyers. Mm-hmm. And we need to make those changes so we mm-hmm. can actually make a statement without making a statement. The, rule, the name mm-hmm. of the game is economics. We, we, we have to start teaching mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. we don't know mm-hmm. those rules. When we understand those rules, then we – because all, all we really want is a fair shot, right? We want a fair shot. We, uh-huh. Just invite uh-huh. us to the table. <laughs> invite us to the table yeah. so we can yeah. have input on the direction. That's all. We, we want to be yeah. part of the conversation. Yeah. We're not even at the table right now. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get at the table. Yeah. Well, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say this too. This what we're, what we're pushing is a very sharp sword. You know, it's sharp on both sides because everybody here that has said something is saying is is is, is hitting the nail on the head. We're hitting it from a lot of different perspectives. But here's here's one of the ways that I see it too. Um, now, we talk about um, uh, voting, and, for instance, uh, you know, we have the Electoral College, and then we have the popular vote. That, that, that right there in saying that shows you that the whole voting system is rigged. Even though we were able to elect a black president, we, we, we got in under the radar, but what we have to look at is we have to look at that whole uh, platform of politics as being like a cruise ship. You know, that's what I always say. When you go on a cruise, the manifest is already set. It's sailing from San Francisco. It's going to the Bahamas. Now, whoever the admiral is is, is, is something that we can vote on. You know, Trump, Trump's throwing people overboard along the way, treating all of his workers bad, you know, uh, going up on the prices for, for, your, for, your, for your meals while you're on the ship. Barack Obama on the ship is being, is being nice. The, the trip is pleasant. If somebody's little boat is capsized along the way, he'll bring them in. But at the end of the day, the ride is pleasant under one admiral and it's miserable under the other. But under either one of them, the ship, the system is still manifested to go from one direction to the other. And unless we're able to change the course of the ship, it's still predestined to get to a certain point. And where African people and people of color are are, are, are considered, um, we haven't we we have to uh, find a way to change the course of the ship. And the person that's suppressing us isn't going to necessarily open things up and be honest about allowing us to come to the table. So, um, for instance, this past uh, Wednesday, well, not this past Wednesday, but Wednesday of last week, um, and it's Black History Month. Uh, Channel Channel Five, CBS, KPIX, they opened themselves up. Well, they're, they're, they're corporate media companies to Black History Month because 
a lot a lot of organizations do that to to, to Hello? Hello? Yes. I think Corey just went off. I just got muted. Uh, I think he's, I know, I think he's having some technical difficulties still. They probably need to get this straightened out. It's hard to have a dialogue going back and forth without, you know, with these constant interruptions here. He'll probably call back in. Where's Andre? Is Andre still on? Andre? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Doc. I feel like it's just me and you on there. <laughs> I'm uh, Joel still on. Okay. Yeah, the you only up? thing I was saying, like, I know on my job, I'm, I'm a union electrician, and it's it's a lot of racial injustice going on. Uh, every, I've traveled just about all over this country from the north, south, east, and west, and a lot of places where you don't think that it'd be, uh, like in Detroit, for example, I just came from Detroit maybe two months ago, and the amount of racism that I cop, uh, that I came across out there was very surprising being that Detroit is a predominantly black city, but even within the union members, it was only five black BAs within the last 150, 150 years that, that the uh, union has been organized there, the IBW, the National Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. And um, I don't know, it was, it was like if, if, if I just stayed quiet about the different struggles and fights that I had, I... I don't know if it would get to that many other people that it, that they would be able to feel empowered to try and do something. But I guess it's, you know, I mean, even with, like with Colin Kaepernick, when he took the knee, you know, it, it cost him some money. And it's the same thing in my situation also for me speaking up for what's right and stuff like that. I've been laid off from jobs and, you know, treated differently and, it's, and it impacted me yeah economically, but I just hope that in the end that they have to pay me, uh, you know, by me putting in a discrimination lawsuit. I know I won one out in Vegas with a contractor, you know, a few years ago, and I just hope that, you know, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to be willing to sacrifice, you know, your financial gains just for the, the betterment of other people that might not even, yeah. Might not even know what you're doing, or it will affect them in a way that will help them out later on in their life you know, with their struggles. Uh, yeah, you you're right, man. I I agree with you. You do you think that Malcolm them uh, thought thought about their own personal gain? No, they were thinking about a true true revolution. And when we get caught up. And, uh, I don't. I don't do no marching. I. I'm probably a lot older than some of you guys. 
I was uh, in with uh, Malcolm then back on the East Coast as a young man. And, you know, we have to stand, we have to, you know, claim our own right to exist and be able to create our own businesses without having to go to them. And yeah. Before, I was going to recommend a couple of books for guys. Uh, read The International Jew, and, and, and another one is called The Wandering Jew. These books were written back in the 30s and 20s and 40s. And and they lay out a game plan for how they're going to trick everybody, not just black people. It ain't about race. There's one group that wants to control, dominate the whole world. And if you read history, I'm a history book. I studied a lot of history. If you go back in history, even before Alexander the Greek, they call him Alexander the Great, uh, first came into uh, uh, Alexandria and, and Kemet. Okay. Well, if you go back, You'll find that his father, his goal was to conquer all the races of the world and have them under, under one umbrella. And as long you can't defeat an enemy like that when you're interacting or participating in the plan that they've laid out. You've got to create your plan. And, you know, I don't care whether people do it quietly or noisily, however suits them. I don't know if Harriet Tugman was you know, I know she was doing what she was doing quietly because she was trying to sneak people from one place to the next. But, uh, you know, there's a whole right. lot of different kinds of revolutions that have to be taking place. And Marcus Garvey, what he was doing, you can't go out and buy ships and be ready to bring your own products from across the ocean here quietly. There's no way you can do it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's certain things that have to take place that is going to make you visible whether you choose to be visible or not. Because the minute you start mm-hmm. to stand up for your rights or the rights of your people, whether it's quietly or softly or whatever you want to put it, they're going to come after you. Because there are people out there who think it is their, they've sold the, the whole world this bill of goods that they have a right that to be in control. They believe they belong in charge of everybody else on the planet. It's just like over in Israel. You go where these people are not the original Jews that was there, but they got it written in their Bible that God gave them that land. Anybody that know anything about civics and, and, and the history of the wars and stuff know that this process mm-hmm. was stolen after the German war. You know? And so we've mm-hmm. got to, we do have to study. And I, and I submit that, you know, maybe black history is an is a opportunity to try to open people's eyes up to that. But you, the thing about it is it's something that you have to do seven days a week. You have to mm-hmm. be diligently trying to figure out a way to not be under the thumb of, of European domination. And I'm not talking about it in terms mm-hmm. of white, because we got some black folk people here who are Europeans now. Psychologically, they are Europeans. If you fight against this mm-hmm. system, you will have to fight against them first. So we're not talking about mm-hmm. color. We're talking about a mindset that people have been mm-hmm. manipulated to believe that everything has to go through this year process. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard mm-hmm. the story about Moses having his people in the wilderness for 40 years. You know, mm-hmm. and, and a lot mm-hmm. of people that 
the reason they were out there because they was waiting on the, all the, the older ones to die out because they would not change. They wanted to keep participating mm-hmm. and keep interacting with the enemy. I say that black people mm-hmm. in America and around the world, because I talk to brothers in Nigeria, everywhere, daily. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be about the business of standing up and not being afraid to your, – your job is going to be threatened because you could work one of these jobs the minute that you open up your mouth to defend your rights, and it doesn't have to be loud. They're boisterous. It could be as calmly and quiet as you want it. They're going to see you as the enemy. They're going to find a way to get rid of you. And it's like this brother was saying, I used to be a union man myself. I remember back in Brooklyn, man, during the day when, you know, you really you want to know why the unemployment rate was so high? Because black men couldn't get jobs. Right now in Brooklyn, the unemployment rate among African men is about 78%, and young men is about 50, uh, 50%. And, and and one of the things that they used to do to us back in the day was they would let you come on a job, a few of you, but you would never be able mm-hmm. to stay on that job long enough to become a union person because then you had mm-hmm. tenure, you know. And they are mm-hmm. still doing the same thing in 2018. It has not changed. Look mm-hmm. at the Walmart. Walmart, mm-hmm. Walmart is a slave camp. Walmart Walmart does the same thing to people that Donald Trump does. Donald Trump was over mm-hmm. at the private buildings, hotels, and golf courses, and paying the people less than minimum wage. He was paying them so yeah, low. 90% of the work. people that work at Walmart also work at Target or somewhere else. They have to work and, two jobs and spend 16 yeah, hours in a day making, yeah. making one salary out. Yeah. So you, you yeah. can't join a system like that. And I hear the brothers speak about get into law enforcement. We got plenty of brothers on the police force. Some of them are worse than the people that, 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 that's running the joint. Have you seen some of these brothers come on TV and how they talk about their own people? We need Have more. That sheriff in Minnesota, that sheriff yeah. in Minnesota, wherever that was, was a police. Yeah, but, but, see, and, and this is what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about education, I'm not talking about going to one of their schools or their colleges. You can even go to historical black colleges now. I was with a young brother today that I was working with. He's about, he just graduated from one of the historical black colleges. And it's surprising mm-hmm. that they don't teach them the information that they need to know to be successful. You know, these brothers mm-hmm. don't know anything about their history. They don't know who they are. They don't have, uh, you know, the dignity, they, the, the pride that they need to to stand up and face whatever comes out here, no matter what. And so the only way we can do that is we have to take control of our schools. We have to, if we have, if we want to start private schools and start our kids in them from kindergarten, you can go and talk to almost any teacher in any public school system. And they will tell you, that, especially with little black boys, they start to lose interest before they even get to middle school. Why do you think that is? You know, why do they have such heavy dropout rates? Why do they not want to participate? You know, it's because of us. We've allowed these systems to stay in place, and we've been fed this line that we have to participate in it. And they even used to have truant officers. I remember when I was a kid, if you didn't send your kids to school, they'd come around looking for them. Now, if they didn't want you to be educated in the first place, why would they be coming around looking for you? 
we we gotta understand that yeah. their their concept is that we will be a constant flow of of workers. They don't want us to move beyond that. Look what they did to capitalists, and and look at these brothers out there that's drawing these big checks, that's making. Twenty, thirty, forty million dollars a year. Let me tell you something. If they step across that line, they won't be making a quarter because they are working in the system that the man created for himself, and he's not going to allow them in that in that in that club. It's just like uh, Jerry, Jim Jones, Brown. Jerry Jones with Dallas says that. Yeah, Jerry Jones Jim, with Dallas has always said that. If you don't finish, put your hand over your heart for the pleasure of Jesus or whatever, you won't be playing. Corey, Corey, let me finish mm-hmm. this. Jim Brown. Uh, Harry Belafonte, Sammy Davis Jr. and them tried to buy a uh, one of the uh, football teams back in the seventies. They blocked them. They had the money. They do not want them in their club. So if you know, I was always taught as a kid, somebody don't want you in your in their club, go be alone. We have to be alone. I think mm-hmm. what he did is, uh, and what these other brothers are talking about, uh, uh, starting a, a, a football league of their own. I think that's the only way to combat them. That's the only way to combat them. And we have to hope and pray that if these brothers decide to go through, follow through with that, that they don't offer them so much money that they'll sell out. Because this is what happened to us. We get out there and we start, they see uh, they see us as a threat. They come and offer us more money than we ever seen. And we'll sell our people out and our own mother out for that. You know, somewhere along the line, we don't have any national identity. We don't belong anywhere. We're all over the planet, but yet we're not respected nowhere. It's time for us to send a clear message that, that it, futuristically from this point on, you want to deal with me, you'll deal with me from a, from a perspective of respect. You know, you'll deal with me from a, a, a prospect of, of, of understanding that I control what goes on in my community. We control what goes on in our community. We control what our kids are being taught in our schools. Not somebody in Washington who don't want your kids educated in the first place or who just want to have a, a another crop of workers to come up. You know, kids graduate from college, then they come out, they offer them 10 or $12 an hour. They can't, where can they live off of that? They say it's 35 cities in the United States now that if you're making 35 or $40,000 a year, you can't afford to live. You know, you, you know what it is? I, I hear you. I, I hear you. We have black officers, right, in the police force. You know, they don't want us in the schools. But let's talk about numbers for a second. I'm a big on analogies, so please forgive me. Let, let's say we have this big rig truck sitting in the middle of the street. And we need 100 men to move that truck. We need 100%, 100 men to move that truck. But we're only de- we can only get 12% participation. That truck is not going to move. So to your point, we need more blacks in law enforcement, or we already have blacks in law enforcement. We don't have enough. Only 12% of the police force in the United States represent us. 12% is not enough to make a change. So sure, we have black people in positions and, and sheriffs, but that's only 12%, brother. 
The change doesn't happen until we get to 50% participation. We're talking and economics. That, let, let, economics. Let we need full participation. Do you think somebody that already have a system in place designed for them to maintain control is going to allow the rules and things to change for you to get 50% participation when you're probably about what what percentage are we of the people in, in, in America? Absolutely. I do believe that because I understand. I do, the, I, I do believe that because I understand that the reason why we only have 12% participation in the police force is because the media continues to over, over, over-publicize police brutality on our people. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm saying it's over-publicized. So what does that do to the youth? They have a sour taste. They don't want to go there. So they don't have to say, no, you're not allowed to come in. We are doing that to ourselves. We don't want to be there because the media is telling us, hey, these people are beating our people. Yes, it does happen. It does happen. And it will continue to happen. But it will stop happening when we reach our participation number. 12%, you cannot make a difference. And nothing you do. 12% and an economic scale will not make a difference. We need to be at 50% because if 50% participation happens, you can't shut down 50%. No one can shut down 50%. Because now we're yeah, talking but, money. But I, still, I still ask the question, you know, with the percentage of us that live in America, there's no way you're going to reach 50% participation in the law enforcement environment. There's absolutely no way. That's just an analogy. I'm not saying it has to be 50%, yeah. but I, what I'm saying is 12% is not enough. 12% isn't enough. Yeah. Let, me, let, me throw out, let me throw out another angle here. Um, and this is just something simply that uh, there's, a group, there's a, a, a group that I'm with now, and here's what we're, here's what we're doing. Um, again, we know that there's, there's health, uh, 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 education issues, job issues, health issues, um, this this mixer thing, I'm not going to get into the, that in any depth, but this thing that we went to, a group of us mobilized. We had about maybe 15 representatives from everything that that our community needs. We had somebody who had who has a a, a, a camp for health and wellness, the pitfalls of drugs and alcohol and sports for baseball, somebody for basketball. Uh, somebody's organization dealt with domestic violence, somebody's organization dealt with lupus, somebody with MS, all of these different organizations that represent the ills that are in our, our, our communities down at the brick-by-brick brick level, just, just singular brands. We all came together to network with each other, to have this very discussion we're having, and what came away from this thing that we participated in at the station, we made more connections with other like-minded people. When this when when this when this uh, event was over, we all came. We all, of course, dispersed and came back to uh, what our plans were going to be individually. And what we're working on right now is the thing that brings people together the most. So when you get to get people together. You have to have a platform. You have to have some sort of a theme, and 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 especially black people seem to respond more to 
to to to food, to food, music, and a little libation. We we gather. We can raise money for ourselves, our own funds, by giving these events. And that, why always wait on the? You know, we, we look at the Grammy Awards and the BET Awards and all those. Why can't we do stuff within our communities that that brings social justice, cultural diversity, health and wellness, education to our communities? And when we bring all of our organizations together to to help participate with what each one is doing, we're we're developing a mindset of getting that participation and raising our own funds without uh, uh, going to venture capitalist organizations and predatory bank loans and things like that. We're in control of our dollars. We keep our own brands, but by us working together, saying, you look, look, you bring your people to support my thing, and then next month I'll bring my people to support your thing. What we're doing is we're mobilizing numbers to go and support each other's thing. At the same time, we're raising money by doing that, you know, ticket sales, the bar, the food. Uh, and when you're a nonprofit organization, you can get sponsors, grant money, and, and, and it's, a, it's, it's a process that takes a little while, but that's not the only way. But that's one of the ways you can do it at the grassroots level is by reaching out and including these nonprofit churches and saying, well, look, we'll put a little bit of something in the collection plate, but we have something that, that, that uh, uh, will edify your kids. Your kids still have to go out in society after church service is over and deal with the school systems and the lack of education and job issues. Everybody is affected. Whether, whether, whether you're a church member, whether you uh, have your own uh, uh, janitorial service, you know, we all trying to raise our families, trying to raise our kids, trying to uh, have what this country is, is owes us after the way we built this country. And one of the best ways to mobilize is to look past your own brand and be willing to not, not only share your brand, but to support somebody else's brand. That, that, that's, and, and I'm diligently, that's, that's just my personal charge that, I, that I'm working with. And the thing that I see with this thing that we're doing is, is raising money for T25, uh, and this is, this is towards 25th Century uh, Entertainment, which is, which is sponsoring this show right here. We can get better equipment. Um, they have camera equipment and the, and the capabilities of uh, live streaming stuff to hundreds of different countries because now the Internet is, is as big as television because you, you, you can reach further by going through the Internet. And so in doing that, uh, government access channel gives, gives you some limited space that you can move your brand with if you have the right type of platform. So all we have to do is mobilize together in the community then we can go out and we can infiltrate other dynamics and other forms of media and, con- and contact. We can grow from the inside out and still control our wealth while we're building it. There's guilt money. These banks and things that Wells Fargo may never give us a loan, but they, but they get tax write-offs, and, and they give away millions of philanthropic dollars. So... Uh, you can be a nonprofit and you can really make a difference in the community just the way a for-profit company can. And as a matter of fact, 
black-owned, black-owned businesses, for-profits and non-profits can co-mingle their resources together and, and both grow at, at the same time independently and collectively. So we have to figure out an innovative, an innovative way of just starting a movement and maintaining it through the pitfalls that come with it. Some people don't show up as much as this one, but it doesn't mean that we're not going down the list giving another organization a chance but all participating, you know. Otherwise, we're going to spin our wheels because there's just so much to do. We can't, we can't do it all at once, and we can't get everything at one time. But if we can get a certain concept together individually and collectively that keeps us on the same page, this movement will spread just like, just like, just like spilling a large pitcher of water in the middle of the table. That, it'll start spreading out and covering the whole area, but you have to start it with a centralized concept, whether you're in Oakland, whether you're in Florida, wherever you are. If we can come up with a mindset that, like uh, uh, somebody's alluded to, where you're not outwardly spouting that you're doing that, but you're showing through the, through the work that you're doing, but at the same time, we have to promote what we're doing, too. We have to use a balance in, in, in applying both of the concepts, and everything that each one of us has talked about is something that, that is positive that will help us. But we have to figure out a way to engage all of that together collectively, and instead of making a, a crazy suit out of it, make something that, that, that's good for the soul and, and good for our spiritual pattern along the way. I have a uh, anybody question. else want to elaborate on this? Yeah, that that's mm-hmm. actually great 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 point and and I agree 100%. Um we have no representation really. At the end of the day we have no representation. I I guess that's what my my point I'm trying to establish. We we have no representation, but in order to get representation we have to mobilize and we have to be one vehicle moving in that same direction. Um question I bank with Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. I'm, again, I told you guys I'm big on al- analogies and hypothetical mm-hmm. scenarios. So I bank with Wells Fargo. Why not as a people, why haven't we selected a bank? Like this is the bank we're going to go to. Like this is our bank. This is where we're going to put our money. And why aren't we ha- opening dialogue with that bank that CEO of that bank and said, do you realize, again, numbers, do you realize that 13, 14, 20% of your customers are African American? Did you know that? That's X amount of dollars going into your establishment every single month. But we can't get a loan? Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't start giving us loans, fair loans. We're going to take our money rate, elsewhere. We're going to take our money and we're going to go to Bank of America. Well, That's the mobilization well, we need to be doing. Hey, let, let, me, let me speak to that, brother. We had a bank in Oakland called the Freedom Bank. It was owned by black people. I used to bank there mm-hmm. myself. And every time I went in there, the manager and everybody was always trying to send your people here, send your people here. The bank was down there for about three or four years before they, they had to go under. People would not come in there to get loans. And most certainly our people would not go there. That's why they went under. And this is what I'm talking about, true education versus educating it by a system. Until people learn, until they learn that we need to work together before we start working with the 
the enemy. And I say the enemy because they have designed a system to benefit them. We need to design a system to benefit us. That's why they destroyed the Black Wall Street. That's why they destroyed nine other towns that where the blacks owned all of their businesses because they know that once that happens, once we start operating like that as a unit, they can no longer control us. But once again, it's going to take a total re- uh, rehabilitation of our mind and our educational process for us to get there because you were talking about, uh, I think you the same brother was talking about uh, we get 50% in the police department. And I know that that's not reality and I know that's not exactly what you meant. But the reality of it is, is this, is that we have to get out here and, and, and make the process, create the process for ourselves. As long as we are going to, be, to continue to be indoctrinated, educated, religified, uh, sanctified by their systems, we worship a God they give us, we read the books they give us, and we've been doing that for thousands of years now, and we haven't stopped, even though it hasn't benefited us. You know, we've made some short gains, and we had, you know, Black Wall Street that, that probably could have taken over the whole city. But they saw that this was a danger to them, and they destroyed it. Burned it down. They blowed it, they laid, it up and burned it down. So for us to even think that somehow we're going to get what we need to get by interacting with them or collaborating with them, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because if we do that, we're just really acting, giving them the power right back. We don't want to give them no more power. We certainly don't want to be giving them the power of our dollars any longer. You know, anybody that takes our dollars out of the community, they ought to earn it. And and we have not been uh, forced into a process where they have to. They know they can get our business because they control all the business. We have to change that. They print, they print, they print the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. The Federal Reserve. What you got for us, Andre? Well, brother, you know, every you know the things that we talk about, we talk about it in in theory, of course. But what about the actual deployment of all this? And, mm-hmm. and once again, great ideas, great concepts. But what do you do tomorrow with these ideas? And we also got to keep an, a, 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 our eye open, too, on this whole Willie Lynch syndrome. You got to think about Denmark, Denmark Vesey, Gabriel Prosser, Noble Drew Ali, uh, uh, Matt Turner. And when these brothers came together for the slave insurrection, guess who turned them in? Yeah. You know, one, 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 yeah. of those, one of those sellouts that uh, had a European ideology. And that's the whole thing about revolution. And you cannot be in a revolution if, you, if you're if fearful because they can come and get you anytime. And I don't mean necessarily take you out and hang you or shoot you or whatever, but they can destroy your life so that you don't have the ability to even function within your own family dynamic. You know, yeah. so, yeah. It, it, but if, you, if you're going to take on this mantra, you have to understand that any day, I got buddies right now who are leading citizens, who are doctors, lawyers, and they're very revolutionary. 
but their phones are tapped. They're watching them like a hawk, and mm-hmm. they, ain't, they, ain't, they ain't been on one curb marching or doing anything. So if you take it on, and I think that this is what's going on with, with our people psychologically, we we feel like we're in a hopeless situation. And, you know, that old that old uh, country saying that people used to, if you can't beat them, join them. And that's where, that's where mm-hmm. we are psychologically. You know, we can't change this around, so we'll just join them. So, and every day that you join them, you are participating in your own demise. And so, even though you may not win every day, you may not even feel like you're winning every day, at least you have this, this self-gratification of saying, I'm going to fight this monkey every step of the way. You know, and that's, what, that's the mindset that we have to have. You know, you go on a job and they disrespect you. You don't stay there. You make people respect you. And so we have to treat mm-hmm. everything in a way that, you know, that we are solid. We are foundation. We are real humans. We're the first humans on this planet, and we ought to make people respect it. And I don't mean by going around being boisterous about we, our people was here before your people. I'm talking about you, you cannot ask nobody to respect you. You demand respect. And you demand respect by calling people on it when they step across that line. And we have not learned to do that. I've seen people be in some of the most miserable situations. And I said, well, why don't you step and stand up and tell the people you don't like what they're doing? Well, i got to work here. Well, hey, what you're saying, what you're really saying is uh, uh, it's better for me to be a partial slave than it is for me to be free. <laughs> and, and Doc, and where, where I'm coming from is not operating out of, of fear. It's just that you know we want in our zeal, we want to help our people so much, so much. And then when somebody comes around and says, "Oh, I'm so and so, and I can do this, I can do this," but yeah, okay, damn, okay, this person, damn, I think I got that covered. This person's this. But next thing you know, and I'm telling you, brother, I can tell you, I'm I'm speaking hypothetically, but I'm also talking on the real of everything Mm -hmm. I've gone through here at T25CL Entertainment and how much I can tell you right now, I have been sold out more with black folks than I have with white folks. It's a real short list of white folks that have done damage to me and my company than what some black folks have done. And this is real talk, brothers. And I, and I need oh. all of you to hear where I'm coming from right now. And it's because when people come in, when they see that you're in a weak position and you are in need, you might be in need of financial help. You might be in need of somebody to do this or that and the other, and then they try to mm-hmm. penetrate <clears throat> your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then next thing you know, these people that come through, they can even be black. They can still come in with the heart of the devil himself. And brothers, I'm telling you, I've seen, I've seen some black folks that's just as bad as the devil as a white person. Well, who do you think who do you think turned Marcus Garvey in and made up the lies that got him deported? Who do you think that went up there and participated in the murder of Malcolm X? And you know, just like people who turned Nat Turner in, you know, it's always our own people. In fact, Malcolm talked about this. He said, "We're in a battle. We're in a war, 
And sometimes we're going to have to kill some of our own people to get to the enemy. And that's where mm-hmm. we are. And I don't mean that, for, uh, you know, physically, but we have to recognize mm-hmm. that these people are where they are. Psychologically, they are damaged. And we can't trust them and we mm-hmm. can't do business with them. And we have to be able to read that and understand that real quick. Because if you don't, you'll find out, you'll find out that you, just like with the Panthers, just like with every other group, uh, somebody will be that got into your midst and and destroyed you from the inside. Because that's the only way they can get to you is from the inside. Yeah, and that's why, it, you know, when you want to start this coalition and a black coalition, I mean, everybody's got to be vetted. And if, if you can really bring something to the table, put your shit on the table, whatever it is. You put something of of tangibility. They're on that table and showing your commitment to to the organization. And I'm telling you, man, and this is why I'm a firm believer in getting your foundation together first. And so when these outsiders do approach you, when they see you strong, they can't mess with you. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's where they get you is when you're weak and they come in and they pierce your vulnerabilities. And, brother, I'm telling you, I'm telling I'm telling So the things that we're seeing in theory here and what we want to do, all of us want to build up an organization and a company that's going to make money and to hire, teach, and train our people. That is what we want periodically. Theoretically, I should say. And I, I, want, I want the people... If you people come, you're going to make money. There'll be money for everybody. I want the people. And, and, and you know, the organizations that we all been collaborating with and working together, we have to get the people. We have to get the message out there. It has to be, it has to be consistent. It has to be strong. And they have to see the, the cohesiveness that's taking place. That's the only way we'll get them. Because they'll send it back to them. Well, you know, black people can't work together. They believe the hype. Well, I believe that I know there are black people that I can work with. So you can't tell me that black people can't work together. Tell me some black people can't. But don't tell me black we can't work with each other because I know that we can. And we have to understand that psychologically. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. My whole thing is is when you step out there, you got to be strong with it. You got to come strong with it. Yeah, well, no doubt. No, no, we, we agree on it on the process. I'm just saying, you know, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, we know that our people have been damaged, and and there's enough historical uh, information to to let us know to be aware that this is taking place. You know, uh, people, are, you know, people cannot, they can't escape uh, a lot of them. They're not like you, Andre, or you. Uh, Corey, uh, me, uh, Dr. Adams, uh, Dr. Bradford, that we have a mindset that we're gonna we're gonna control our own process. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are happy with being involved in that as long as it ain't them being beat up by the police. But the minute that they get beat up by the police, they want all of us to come out there and support them. You understand what I'm saying? We have mm-hmm. to get them the mindset that if you come together, you don't have to worry about the police beating you up. And and I really got to go. Strength I got yeah, yeah. It's the numbers, and if the numbers come, then the the, the funds will come, because 
If we get mm-hmm. the numbers, then we'll we'll start to trust each other and start buying and and interacting with each other at a higher level. And that's all we need to do. We're circ- with, uh, and we're, they, yeah, we're circulating our dollars with each other. Yeah. Yes, uh, brothers, I gotta go. I gotta go pick my boy up. <laughs> Just to tell, tell, them, tell them about your, your Black Economic Summit on the 15th of February. We, we're not having the summit. We had to, we, we had to postpone it because uh, the doctor from uh, uh, Nigeria, he had surgery. My keynote speaker, okay. he, he is in the hospital. So, But uh, I am going to be at the Black Expo on the 23rd and the 24th in Sacramento, okay? Okay. So okay. You guys okay. want to come down, bring, okay. bring your material. There's going to be about three or 4,000 people there. Oh, okay. Okay. So you, you do better, you, you'll do good okay. by coming up. We're going to have access to a lot of people. And that's, that's what, that's oh, what okay. I mean. Yeah. So get your business, cards, your business cards and your flyers together and you can come and be on, on our, on our table. Okay. 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 Cool. Cool. All right, all right, brother. Uh, hotel, man, I, I got to run. I got to pick up my board. All right, hotel. Hotel, hotel. All right, Corey, it's uh, about uh, 9.02. Why don't we go to the shutting down phase? So why don't we give okay. uh, all the brothers a chance to give some closing comments? Okay. Uh, brother Joel, give us a little something to go out with. And then you, Brother Antoine, and, uh, well, you can say it, uh, Andre, because you see you have a board, so you can set them up. Yeah, just go right on down the line. Go ahead, Brother Joel. Hey, I appreciate all of you uh, this evening. Um, something I'm definitely going to participate in uh, moving forward. Um, I, I think it's huge. I, I think it's extremely beneficial to the psych um, in the end. Um, I, I would like to, in, in today's call um, with, just stating if if we can get beyond um, the fight, feeling like we always have to fight and uh, really mm-hmm. understanding the system that's in front of us doesn't necessarily have mm-hmm. sure the system put in place had there were mm-hmm. there were people who put the system in place that had bad intentions mm-hmm. absolutely, but mm-hmm. the people who are who mm-hmm. are working the system who are uh, who are, are proactively and perpetuating the system, not all of them are bad. You know, so I, I think if we can mm-hmm. get past the feeling the need to fight and um, mm-hmm. start participating and understanding more and, and get, getting a better understanding of how the system works, the rules that are in mm-hmm. place, and how, how, how we can leverage and exploit those mm-hmm. rules, I, I think we'd be mm-hmm. moving in, in the right direction as a people. That sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Can't, can't disagree with you on that one. Is Brother Paul still there? Still there, Brother Paul? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, yeah. You're part of this family, too. We hope we didn't. Yeah, I, uh, you know, you, 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 you might have you 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 wanted to, to, to tune in a little bit, but, yeah. you know, um, um, Actually, uh, we'll, we'll make sure you get a lot of the floor when you when you call in again. We know you're going to be back, yeah, but, but no, uh, no problem. If you no want problem. to put something on it, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself too. Well, actually, uh, you know, the background in uh, IT mainframe, you know, information technology with Kaiser, 
I've been entertaining mm-hmm. this with, uh, you know, Corey and actually by Joel and myself. So mm-hmm. I was actually joining up the platform with uh, Corey to see what direction he's going on other platforms that working diligent with him. But I just wanted to make a comment mm-hmm. earlier. Some of you guys said some things about mm-hmm. uh, the police and that 12%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like Joel added it towards the end, needed let's not, let's not go in and fight, let's go in and participate. Mm-hmm. And earlier, I, I thought we was going in a good direction when we looked at, okay, it's another 38% to make 50% Afro-American within that community, meaning police in our community. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to start to complete our community if we don't get into police? So mm-hmm. I thought that would be a good platform to actually mm-hmm. be involved in, a good environment to be involved in, a good culture to be involved in, because one level of me being in the entertainment business was after the Vegas shooting, and it was more of uh, production and security. So mm-hmm. just to add to it, I know when I grew up, it was, it was, it was almost a childhood dream to be a police officer. Okay, mm-hmm. to get old enough to, mm-hmm. you know, find another career. But I think that will be a good mm-hmm. platform. But that's every community. If we could get into mm-hmm. Afro-American young black men and women actually getting into law enforcement, <laughs> that way we police mm-hmm. all community. We have to change somewhere, like they were saying earlier with the numbers. Mm-hmm. So if we're visible, you know, it might take a while, like the older doctor was saying earlier, because the system is mm-hmm. set up to be a system mm-hmm. itself. But if we're visible mm-hmm. enough and we're policing our own community, I think that'd be a good a good platform to start with. What we'll be talking about? Mhm, mhm. Very good, very good. What about you, brother Antoine? I just like to say that hopefully, you know, this is keep on moving. Like everybody was saying, it's more than something we need to do once a month. So hopefully, we can do it strong this month. And, and keep it moving and just keep on having this good exchange of information between, uh, between uh, amongst each other and hopefully encourage more to come in and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Um, I'm going to say this one thing really quick, as quick as I can. Um, my dad graduated third in his class. He had a college degree from Virginia State University. That's where he and my mother met. And finished, finished third in his class of, uh, of 185 at the Oakland Police Department. He's one of the first black cops in Oakland. And he couldn't get past detectives because the ranks during the Civil Rights era back in 50, 56 when he got on with the police department, they wouldn't allow blacks to go up there, you know. And, and uh, so... You could have a white guy who just missed going to prison by, by joining the military. Only thing that kept him out of trouble, but, but he got his act straight in the military. Now he joins the police department, and he's 15, 20 years younger, been in the, been in the, been in the department five, six years uh, premature, but he, but he winds up being your supervisor now. He's put nigger on his locker. He went through all those things. Meantime, his brother, who was 20 years older than him, was the first black cop in the state of Pennsylvania in the 40s, organized unions that are, I don't mean just black unions, he organized the concept of police unions in Pennsylvania and lived to be 104 years old, but um, working on something that's a tale of two brothers, 
there there were there are blacks on the police force, and there were especially back then that believed in if you didn't believe in something, you infiltrate the system to make a change. And the police had a problem with with both my dad and his brother because instead of them taking kids who threw rocks and did did stuff like that, like little kids do, but instead of you know uh, uh, having having black kids really being profiled more for doing those things. It was more of a crime when they did it than the little white kids throwing rocks. They they would take them home. Who's your parents? Where you live? And and uh, the police would, would would report them for not turning you know kids in. They say, oh, that'd be a favoritism towards black kids. And you know their philosophy their philosophy was. We're not going to, you know, they're setting you up for prison like Andre was saying before. When you're in school, they can look on the school ground and say, oh, that one's going to be in prison when he gets older. This one's going to be locked up in juvenile. They're already setting the, setting the table for you for this, for this, for this prison movement. And, um, again, at the end of the day, everything that you brothers hit on is a piece of something that we should all be able to take away, and, and the people that, have listened in without commenting and, and, and they go to our site and listen in other countries. There's a piece of something you can take away from this, even if, it, even if you're not African culture, but if you're a culture of color and you still feel like you're being suppressed and you want to find ways of mobilizing, you can take this formula works all the way across the board in how we can come to terms with getting along with each other by developing our own cultures, being the best we can be, and then, and, and, and perhaps we can change the whole society at large because there's more of us that are not alike than there are that are alike, and we have to coexist on this globe together. So I want to thank Brother Antoine, Brother Paul, Brother Joel, Dr. Quaitu, Andre for for uh, engineering the show, and I apologize for how it began. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of what the technical difficulties were. It usually comes on very smooth. It flows freely. We talk about the other shows just to let you know where else you can tune in. But you can go to www.t25cl.com to find out about United We Stand, the movie, about the other shows we have, Compton Politics on Monday, Straight Talk, The Hired Brush on Tuesday, Ross's Corner, Ross and Jordan Mills Wednesday, of course, yours truly on Thursday, Soul Vibration. Saturday, United We Stand, um, also in this place. So let me say Friday night concessions. I skipped over Friday. But Sunday, all day music, a whole bunch of, a whole catalog of different types of music. So you can find out how we're growing our brand, how you can become family. And, again, we'll just finish this off with saying we'll get it right next Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Soul Vibrations, Andre, take us away. All right, brother. We'll just see you next week on the shows. And check out T25CL Entertainment and support us here in our endeavors. Since uh, we don't have the bankers in our pockets just yet, but uh, go to our site. Check out our film, United We Stand. It's our second film. Kev's Choice Concert is our first film, and United We Stand is our second full-length motion picture project. And uh, we have various uh, CDs on our on our site as well for downloading to your listening devices by all of our great T25CL uh, artists. Dr. Quake Koo has a book on the site called uh, Whiteout. And so, so support us and tell your friends to support this black-owned company. 
Let's end black-on-black corporate crime, and let's start supporting one another when we do have business endeavors. So here is one right here at T25CL.com. And so let's put the money where the action is and what your beliefs are and what your heart is. And so support us in our endeavors. Those little few dollars, it counts. It goes a long, 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 long way. It's only a few dollars for any of our, our products. So check us out and also listen to the other talk shows here on our network as, as well and the 24-7 music station. Listen to it uh, all day long when you're at work, your desk, wherever you are in your barbershop, whatever, just check out our music station. That helps us out too, just listening to the great music that we have, jazz, R&B, little hip-hop, little gospel spoken word. We even got some Jill Scott hair on in there too. So uh, mm-hmm. check us out here at T25CL.com. Oh, so Bella Kute as well from West Africa. All right. Mm, okay, okay. Bring us your issues. Bring us your issues too. Whatever you have that you want to talk about, that can be topics of discussion, okay? So bless all of you. Good, safe travels. Uh, until next time, this has been T25 Entertainment. We'll see you at Hotel. Hotel. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.